Good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah Dustin in here. We have a special guest, and I will get to that in just a moment. Sarah, I know uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here right out of the gate. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. We did a ton of work to your car. Yes. How'd that go? It. I'm forever grateful for you guys. Well, and I want to keep it real. So you took it and you had to bring it right back, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But you know what? Um, I had a feeling that after you guys had literally ripped my car and put yes. it back together again, I figured it was probably a minor thing. So Darren is one of my most favorite people. And he's like, I was so thorough with that car. And I, I'm sure he told you kind of or you heard what was going on. But... Um, We had disassembled a significant amount of it and putting it back together, one of the oxygen sensors, for whatever reason, just decided to go haywire right after you left. And he had test drove the tar out of that thing because he wanted to make sure everything was just perfect. And then he's like, man, I can't believe that thing went bad and she had to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that his face got real white when I pulled back in and I was like, Every single like dash light came on, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, I told you to bring the car back in uh, after <laughs> three hundred miles, yes. not three miles." And yeah. I was, anyways, it was it took maybe an hour to get everything yeah. figured out, but well, yeah. And I wanted to bring that up and talk about it because you know everybody a lot of times assumes all these things, you know, that we do it on purpose or intentionally. Things happen. And I know you and I have had many shows over the years. The rubber meets the road when things don't go well. And that was kind of, you got to experience that, fortunately or unfortunately. We just put our heads down. We deal with it is what it is. We push through it. Um, you didn't have any more money out of pocket. We took care of the oxygen sensor. It was just one of those weird things that happen in the automotive industry from time to time. But I'm glad to hear your car's going well. Yes. And I'm glad that I was in town when that happened because I was actually about to leave for home. So I'm glad I didn't have to turn right around and come 30 minutes back to A1. It worked out. You guys handled it really well. And I'm super grateful for all the work you did. for sure. Well, Miss Sarah, our guest was actually your idea. Yes. And uh, I'm going to set it up and then we'll introduce our guest here in a moment. But basically, in at least from what I heard from you, you've, you and Ryan were looking for vehicles and you spent some time in our shop and you got to experience kind of one of our new service advisors. Is that kind of how it played out? Yes. And I find this person an absolute joy. And I was like, man, we really need to put her on air with us because she'll be great. I thought that was a great idea. So without further ado, good morning, Amanda. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How about you? Doing very well. So I start all of our interviews off with kind of a little bit of an origin story. So where you come from, why you like or you dislike the automotive industry, and how you got here. Kind of what's your story? So what got you into the field and why do you like it or not like it? Okay. Um, So I'm born and raised Springfield, Missouri. So I've been here my whole life. Oh, yeah. Um, So my mom is a teacher, Mm -hmm. just retired of 26 years. Well, thank her very much for us. So I will. I just went into uh, the field after her into teaching originally. And I was a Spanish teacher for about seven years here in town and also in Marshfield. 
Um, and then uh, my dad, on the other hand, uh, has worked on cars. He's got a salvage license. And so I've Very worked on cool. cars. Oh, yeah. I've worked on cars since I was like three years old. <laughs> so you got the bug, basically. Right. So both of my parents infected me with good things. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I've always liked working on my own vehicles once I finally got some. Of course, mm-hmm. both of mine were salvaged because, hey, course. I could get them. Um, but yeah, so then uh, I, I was like, you know, I really like teaching, but I really also want to follow this passion mm-hmm. of mine with, with automotive. And and I thought, well, I want a salvage license, too. And then I thought, what if I tell a customer, hey, yeah, I, I just fixed up this whole car and I put a new engine in it, you know, here in my makeup and my, you know, pretty nails done <laughs> yeah. and whatnot. And then I thought, nobody's going to believe me that I did that and I'm never going to make a sale. So I thought, maybe I should go to, to college here, OTC, and get a degree that says, yes, I, I really do know what I'm doing. Um, and so that kind of inspired me to get to um, training with the mm-hmm. automotive. And then I thought, okay, I want to do some of this hands-on. So then I decided to take a part-time job at AutoZone. Mm-hmm. Worked there for about four years while I was teaching. Um, and then eventually took that on full-time where I met some one of my customers. Actually, I was a commercial manager out in Republic. And I met the A1 crew yeah. out there. And uh, I liked them and they liked me mutually. And you guys said, hey, you know, we'd like to work with you full-time, not just getting us parts, yes. but... You know, so one of go. the most, uh, I guess, telling things, I think it was in the interview process when we sat down with you, is basically you're a, a four-year graduate to have your teaching license and go into yes. that. And then you, out of your own basically pocket or dime and time, went back to school again to mm-hmm. get into the automotive field. And I'm like, okay, she's serious about the automotive field. Yes. This is obviously something that maybe you enjoy or you like. Absolutely. It's it's a passion. Um, it's a hobby for sure. But, I mean, my dad, very young, you know, he said, here's your first car. And what you do to it is what you're going to pay for. And I thought, So oh. what was your first car? Because now I'm curious what your very first one was. I had a 1998 Mazda 626. Oh. It were, was beautiful. I was going to say, were you a fan? <laughs> Did you love that car? Or? I loved that car. In fact, I never was going to trade that car until I graduated high school and my dad for a gift gave me uh, a Hyundai Tiburon mm-hmm. as he's like hey you've had a 4.0 your whole life we love you here's a nicer car That's and I was awesome. like but I don't want to give up the Mazda <laughs> I, I did because it was a prettier car sure <laughs> No, and I think that's great. You know, that's one of the great things about whatever industry, but finding an industry that you enjoy being a part of. Yes. You know, there's a lot of folks, unfortunately, I've got a dear friend of mine. He was our valedictorian, uh, uh, you know, as our graduating class, and I I hadn't seen him in years. And he uh, he's an attorney now. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, no, not really. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I love what I do. And I'm around a lot of other people. I see this in Sarah as well. You know, you this is the, 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 the radio and communication industry is what you do. And that's such a cool thing. And then when you see somebody that has gone to school for, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, and, and, and I'm sure a lot of that was, you know, scholarships because the guy's brilliant, but doesn't like what he does that's a bummer deal can you imagine i could never imagine doing that and i think that's why (laughs) i enjoy listening to you talk amanda yeah because you were just so passionate about it i'm like i understand that (laughs) i don't understand what you're saying to me but (laughs) i worked on that i'm trying (laughs) i do understand the passion yeah and and that's part of what's so exciting for me about getting to work on cars and then of course be around people that are working on them and learning from them from the guys in the shop is you know i you have this sense of empowerment when you've done something 
something to your own vehicle that's like, I fixed that. I didn't have to spend a bunch of money, you know, and, and I know how that massive machine works. And that's really cool. Um, at least I think it is. So, What's been the biggest exciting thing for me is to see or, you know, be able to witness your communication with our other customers as well. You know, you're, you're obviously very well uh, trained at being a good communicator, not only in English, but Spanish. Spanish. Apparently. <laughs> um, and you yes, do a great yes. job. And then the, the passion comes through. And that's the magic maker right there. Right. Um, I've always wanted to make sure that, you know, the company were surrounded with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And when you walk through the shop, all of the, all of us, you know, have some kind of flair in the industry that we really love, whether it's heavy drivability or, you know, crazy tear the whole world apart and make it put back together and make it work again. Or those crazy guys that love electrical. Yes, <laughs> it happens, you know. So my biggest thing is I want to make sure people can depend on their vehicles. And, you know, I always say we're in the problem business and people that they're, they're bringing us their problems and the anxiety that go along with that. You know, hey, can I afford it? Can I be without it? What's wrong with it? How did this happen? Et cetera, et cetera. And to be able to kind of own that and take ownership of that and have great communication and make them a part of what's going on is a key that's what's kind of separates the you know the mediocre from the top cream of the crop in my opinion and so you're in a service advisor role now correct yes, yes. you're at our sunset location and with that being said this is a, a little bit of a new kind of uh, role for you, if, if that's a fair way to put it. Yes, it is definitely a different side of the coin than I'm used to in the automotive field, which, I mean, I'm interested in all of it, so I want to be as well-rounded as possible. Um, so the service advisor position, when it was offered to me, sounded really exciting. Um, and it was kind of a perfect position, I thought, mm -hmm. for me, because yes. I'm a translator uh, by nature, right? Spanish and English. And then I thought, well, this is almost like a translating job. I think you said it. In yes, fact, it very much is because I'm I'm taking what the customer's complaint is and and what their issue is and I'm having to take those whirs and squeals and figure out what that means and communicate that to the technician and then the technician is going to use all of his very big jargon <laughs> <laughs> and I have to communicate that back to the customer that may or may not understand that yeah. jargon and that's that's such a critical critical role and we'll talk about it a little bit later in the show but. You know, being that translator or ambassador, if you will, between the two parties. I like that ambassador. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite ones. Is so important because you've got to arm the technician with what they need. And then that technician is going to be the one that solves a lot of that problem. But you've got to have that interaction with the customer to make them a part of the process. So uh, such a such a big, big deal. We need to take our first break. When we come back, I am going to see what your um, thought process is on our digital inspection and how that works with the customer. But we'll be right back after this. We got snowflakes falling on an old two-lane, red bull wreaths on the window pages, sitting around the fire with the ones who love me. All right, welcome back. You've got Dustin and Sarah. We have special guest Amanda here in the studio. The reason that I want to make and start bringing some of these folks on is because a lot of times, and I don't know, maybe you've ever had this happen, Amanda, um, folks come in and they expect to see me in the store or ask and, and want me to be a part of it, and I am on a, a very large scale. 
But we have multiple locations, and A1 Custom Car Care is much bigger than Dustin Atwood for sure. Yes. <laughs> it is a teamwork, make the dream work kind of place, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, Miss Sarah, you have uh, been a big part of our digital vehicle inspections. Yes. Um, you've received a fair amount of them over the years, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. We've sent you a few. Now that you're a little more familiar with it, how do you feel about being a part of the repair process? Does it does it help? Does it hurt? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Give me kind of your feelers on it. Well, you know, I'm not a person that is mechanically inclined. Okay. So I know the very basics of what you're trying to say to me, but if you get too far into the weeds, I'm not going to understand it. And when you guys decided to roll that out, mm-hmm. I mean, it it's a game changer, especially for people who are like me that don't necessarily know all of the jargon or maybe all of the parts that are underneath the hood of my vehicle. So it's really nice to be able to see photos, see videos, like hear audio, because yeah. audio is a huge part of oh, me too. Yeah, but it's, sure. it's really nice to be able to have you guys like sit down and say, okay, so this is what was wrong. Here is the part, as you can clearly see, like this is what was wrong with it. It's broken, it's dirty, it's et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then it's nice to be able to have like a checklist because you guys send a checklist of, you know, green is like good to go. Yep. Yellow is like caution. You need to keep an eye on these things. And red is like, we have got to fix this immediately. And that is really nice to kind of have that to be able to keep in my mind like, okay, well, next time I go into A1, I need to talk to him about this. Mm -hmm. And like, let's see if we need to get this scheduled or if I need to hold off and, you know, so on and so forth. So I think that it really helps keep my maintenance scheduled. It keeps me kind of informed of what's going on with my vehicle and it makes me kind of a better vehicle owner. Well, and it, you know, my, my whole goal when we develop this, and we've had it maybe a couple of years, and it continues to evolve and grow, is to make the consumer, the car owner, a part of the repair process. Because I feel like the biggest uh, mistrust or untrusting part of it is, oh, well, was that broken? Did I need that? And I, I hear this from people all the time, and I have for years, you know, that they're skeptical about, you know, this or that. But if I can document it and send it to you, whether you're a car person or not, you know, maybe sometimes I email it to family members that live far away. If we've got college students or, or extended family in the area, um, or, you know, sometimes it's spouses that, Hey, you know, maybe it's your car, but we send it to you or, and, and Ryan both. So you guys can make a best informed decision. And hopefully that takes away that uneasiness and like, ah, you know, really did they get, you know, get over on me on that deal? So, Amanda, I'm going to pitch it over to you at this point. Had you ever seen or been a part of a digital inspection anywhere throughout your career? No, never. I had never seen something like that. And I, the first time you guys introduced it in my training and said, okay, so we do this thing, and it's called digital vehicle inspection, and I got to see it mm-hmm. and be on the other side of it of submitting it and um, getting to produce it was cool. <laughs> Uh, has so much information in it, it's and I was a very so powerful excited. tool. Yes, it it is really nice to have, especially um, just yesterday. Actually, in the shop, I had a customer that was so adamant that nope, we've done the air filter, we've done it. I don't need it. That no. is just ridiculous. And I, I got to provide them with the picture and yes. say, actually. Here's the proof. I mean, we're in Missouri, right? Show me. Show me. I get to show you you're wrong. (laughs) Or in our case that we're telling you the truth. And I love that. There's proof there. Yeah. It's such a powerful tool. And, And again, being an informed consumer is such a powerful deal. I'm not always the expert. If I'm having an electrician or a plumber or, you know, whatever service industry 
um, that I have to deal with. And we hire people as well. It's not just one sided. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being informed about what's going on is always such a it's a powerful tool and it takes away that uneasy feeling. And that, I think, is the biggest stress thing. You know, if you're waiting on a diagnosis from a doctor or a lawyer or whatever's going on, the not knowing is typically always worse than the news that you receive, even if it's bad news, if right. that makes any sense. So being a part of that and, and, and using that as such a powerful tool, and honestly, we're still developing that digital inspection process. It's not just that, oh, you know, this is what we do. We continue to grow as the technology changes, the abilities change. And, you know, as we learn how to use that tool better, um, as well as, like, to your point, it keeps track for the customer as well yes. that, hey, we've been talking to you about this and we have that history. Right. You know, there's um, a record of how many times I've said, hey, your brake fluid yes. is black. <laughs> it is not supposed to be that no, color. No, exactly. And it, it hopefully, you know, empowers and, and arms them to make the best decision. Um, I had a, a lady in, I think it was, time flies, but I think it was early this week. Um, she had been going to, and I'm not throwing stones at the quick loop, so if you out there in Radioland run or participate or patronize a good quick loop that does a good job, that's awesome. Kudos to you. <laughs> But she had been going to a quick loop for her oil changes, and she said it's just like this, like, you know, hamster race. It's in and out and in and out and in and out. Well, I brought her out. Uh, She was in there for a noise, which obviously typically your quick loops don't service. And the car uh, was literally bleeding to death. Wow. I mean, every fluid was leaking on this thing so bad. And she basically asked, she's like, why didn't they tell me this? And I'm like, well, I can't speak for them. All I can speak for is what it is that we do here. And it's not that I don't care about your noise, but your total condition and being informed with what it is going on with your car is so much more important than just trying to spend money on a noise when we have these catastrophes. And when I talk about it, like it had leaks, it wasn't just like, oh, it's a little bit. This thing was pouring in the floor. It just had a rainbow underneath. <laughs> oh, it was It was really, you know, it was a situation. She's like, why didn't I know about this? You know, and she had been doing a very good job topping off all of her fluids. So she had an awareness that, um, you know, there was some things going on because she was having to add fluid. She was doing a fantastic job. She had owned the car for, I think she told me, 18 years. Mm-hmm. Still doing good. Still worth fixing. Um, but at that point, she's like, I'm tired of going to a place. I want to go to a person. Yes. And that was really powerful I when like she that. said that. And I'm like, okay. So we walked back into the shop. I was at our Fort Street location. I'm like, well, okay, you know, on our wall, which we need to get you a, a frame, by the way. That would be really cool. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, if you guys haven't been into one of our facilities, when you go in, there's a photo, a bio, and then pretty much our credentials um, in individual frames for most of the members of our team. Apparently, I haven't quite got Amanda's done yet. You've been here, what, about four or five months? About five months, yes. So, yeah, it's time. We need to make that Yay, happen. it's official. It is official. Um, but what I do that or why we do that is say, so, you know, kind of our background and I was able to go into that store and I think it was like 18 years, first frame, 12 years, second frame, 13 years, 10 years and so forth. And I'm like, Hey, um, you know, the person, these are the people and they're here this long for this very reason. 
Um, and those are the people that you're coming to see at our facilities. It's not just a, uh, a place, you know, yes. this isn't just a, oh, you know, revolving door and, you know, we chew up and spit out people as quick as possible. There's we, a lot of customers that come in and actually, and they know which technician yes. has worked on their vehicle. And that's really cool that it's not just, hey, whichever guy back there is going to look at this. It's, hey, you know, I need Harlan or I need Kent mm-hmm. or I need whoever. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's a, and I love that about it, you know, because there's such a, uh, you know, we did a class, a clinic, and, and I'm going to explore that after this next break we've got coming up. But, um, you know, knowing the folks that are taking care of your car, and honestly, the technicians will remember that car. Oh, you'll yes. Ha- you'll have to forgive us. We may not remember your name or what it, but we'll remember that that bolt gave me problems on this car, and I had to use this tool, and I had to make this to, you know, happen. Even as the service advisor, yes. I remember that as well. I, you'll come in, and I'm like, man, I know I know your face, and I'm working on your name, <laughs> but I know you've got the Mazda, or I yes. know you've got the, the Chevy. and or, or you'll learn their whole fleet that their yes. kids have this car and, yeah and you know they're going to school for this or that and i love that about us mm-hmm. that I is do too. such a powerful deal that the the sum of the group that we have is so much more capable than each individual on their own you know because there's things i don't know there's things i don't know all the time well maybe i don't know it but amanda knows it or david knows it or darren harlan donald jim the whole crew one of us will come up with some kind of a solution and that really is the magic behind kind of the curtain, if you will. Um, you it's know, not what you know, too, you know. That's exactly. Yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, and that's part of the reason we wanted to bring you on the show. Um, and I know we probably don't have a ton of time to get into it. But Miss Sarah got to hear you interact with some of the customers um, from this side of it, or I guess watch some of that. Mm-hmm. And you have a very natural ability. That was one of my my things I noticed when you and Alan were talking you know, before you had come on and, and been part of a A1 Custom, was you have a very natural ability to be a great communicator and and help solve problems. And we're in the problem business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to step into a break. When we come back, Sarah, I want you to kind of elaborate, kind of like you did for me when we talked about bringing Amanda on, of what you experienced from your side of it. But we'll be right back after this. Well, it's Christmas time. Again. Welcome back. Dustin and Amanda in the studio today. Miss Sarah. So while you were sitting in there and we were looking at all those cars. Yes. You guys ended up buying a really nice truck. Thank you. Yeah, you got to see it for the first I time. I did. And I, I I know we've shared this in the past, but I feel like it's important to bring up. Um, we did several pre-purchase inspections mm-hmm. for you and Ryan. And honestly, I think it was like the second pre-purchase inspection you guys brought in. I happened to do it. I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a beautiful little Toyota truck. Yes. Uh, I was like, yeah, this is the truck. Even as I was test driving, I'm like, yeah, this is the one. And then we get it up on the rack and we find some significant frame damage on that truck. Yeah. And I would imagine that dealership ended up selling it like that. Um, I, I believe assume. so because we went back after mm-hmm. we had found all of the issues with it. We yeah. told the salesperson and uh, someone else over at the dealership. I'm not exactly sure who they were and what the role was. Yeah. But we ended up telling them, like, hey, this is what we found. And we called to- Reliable Toyota here in Springfield. Yeah. They gave us an estimate of what it would cost to get it fixed. And the cost to get it fixed was almost as much as they were trying to sell the yeah. vehicle for. 
And so a couple weeks later, after we found the one, yep. <laughs> after we found our vehicle, I got kind of curious, like, I wonder if this is still on the lot, if it's still the same price, if it's if they're going to sell it, knowing that it has like $12,000 worth of yeah. work. And sure enough, there it was on the, the website. So that was kind of a telling, I think, experience. Amanda, you were there that day and yes. you asked, you're like, why in the world are we looking at this car, even though it's coming from a dealership? Right. And, and I got schooled very quickly. Well, that was a prime <laughs> example. And unfortunately, I find or we find as a company, depending on who's doing that all the time, you know, that, you know, you guys would have signed on the dotted line for like 18 grand. Is that yeah. what that truck was? Wow. And it needed 12 grand worth of work, like to be safe. Because on those particular models, the frame delaminates or basically it comes apart. And, you know, had I not, you know, been able to get it up on the lift and look at it, somebody didn't know that and they signed and they're dealing with a compromised truck. So if it gets in a situation where it needs the support of that frame, whether it's a collision or it's hauling or articulating the body, it's going to fail. And so that is a big reason. So typically for you guys out there, we end up doing anywhere from four to 10 pre-purchase evaluations or inspections before we find or sign off on a good one. And that is in your benefit as the consumer, because if not, you buy somebody else's problem. So how many did we end up doing for you and Ryan? Just rough idea. Okay, so we ended up doing three, kind of. Okay. So I was originally supposed to bring a vehicle in. Oh, that's right. I had forgot about this <laughs> And it story. never made it to the pre-purchase yes. inspection because the dealership that we were using, big name dealership, they had scheduled some repairs that same day, same time that we were going yeah. to be taking the vehicle for a pre-purchase inspection. And I mean, it was kind of a, a hot mess when I yeah. got there and I saw that basically half of the engine was just like removed from the vehicle. There was tires missing. And I think my favorite part of that process was the salesperson turned to me and said, ma'am, I don't think you're going to be able to take the vehicle <laughs> for a pre-purchase today. And I thought, look, I'm not a mechanical person, but I do know that when the wheels and tires are missing, yeah. I don't think I can drive it. Yeah, <laughs> that thought, or if the engines spread apart. Yes. Oh, you sent me a photo of it, and it was in a million pieces. It really was. There was just all kinds, and I don't even know exactly what was missing, but yeah. I mean, there was big, significant parts from the vehicle missing. So, I mean, that so that one was out. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> we looked at uh, the Toyota, mm -hmm. and then uh, finally we ended up getting a 2012 Chevy Colorado, and it was just kind of one of those needle in a haystack yes. moments because it was a vehicle that was owned by an older gentleman who lived in a neighboring city and he basically just used it as his like daily driver for groceries and just kind of running errands around town so it only ended up having 40,000 miles yes. on it That's and awesome. it was very well maintained and we couldn't be happier with it. Well, and, and, you know, that is really where the magic or the deal is made, is on the purchase. It's not the selling or the trading it in or owning it for years and years and years. Um, it's it's that you did your due diligence early and, you know, stuck with us through that. Because I know when I turned to you guys about the Toyota, you guys were pretty set on that Toyota. It was a beautiful little truck. Yeah. And I could see that I was like the bearer of bad news on that deal. But I could also see when Ryan got off the phone with Toyota of how much that was going to be. And this is not a reflection on Toyota or any of our dealerships here in town. It was not Toyota that was trying to sell this truck. 
Um, and he got the news of how much it was going to cost to put the frame in that. He's like, oh, thank God I don't, uh, A, have a monthly payment for, you know, however many years, and B, that I am paying on a truck that really isn't safe to drive because I need to put 12 grand in this thing. He's like, okay, yeah, we'll just take it back. Right. I'm like, yes. Yes. And actually Nick is going through pre-purchase inspections right now. And I know that he has been looking at several vehicles and I just, I know the frustration of having to do that because there's nothing out there because of, you know, the shortages and whatnot. There's nothing. And so uh, he went and had one inspected a couple days ago and you guys, uh, said no yeah (laughs) no and i told him i said you know what it's gonna be okay you're gonna have to stick with it but then i told him the story of a1 saved me twelve thousand dollars because i mean if we would have just went off of brand name and we would have been like well it's a toyota toyotas are awesome and uh we would have gotten that vehicle you know six months down the road we would have had to fix it and i'm very thankful for sticking it out with you guys and doing the pre-purchase inspection well, and, and uh, you know, we've done this for many, many people over the years. Uh, that particular or one of the trucks Nick brought in, it was a beautiful truck. It was it was just as pretty as that Toyota, um, but it had lived its life in a rusty area. Oh, no. And they had done a very good job mending or covering up some of that damage, but there were some huge red flags, and Ryan was the technician that was going through it. And we looked at a couple things, and I just basically said, we're stopping right now because if this doesn't pass my, you know, basic cut the mustard that this truck's going to be good long time, long term. And when you deal with rust and corrosion, that's that's a lot of times way worse than crazy high miles on something uh, because that's not going to stop. It's going to continue being that gift that keeps on taking <laughs> instead of giving Yes, because you're going to pay dearly to keep that vehicle on the road. And when you're making a large purchase, it's worth it to pass on those, even if they're a good deal. Otherwise, you're going to make up for that and then some long term. And that that's not acceptable for you and Ryan or any of the customers out there for Nick. Um, we want to make sure we get you in something on the front side that's good to the best of our ability. I don't have a crystal ball. I sure wish I did. <laughs> uh, but that's part of it. So, Amanda, now that we've kind of been working together for many months at this point in time, how often do you see people trying to buy cars right now? Are they coming in and, and talking about it or telling you, hey, I just bought this car. I need you to look at this or that. You think this is a hot time for the industry? It's kind of an interesting time. I don't know that I'd say a hot time, but it's. I've been seeing a lot more customers that are coming in and, you know, we're unfortunately, they're having something go wrong that's massive, like yeah. the transmission or the engine. And then they're like, okay, well, wow, it's four or $5,000 to replace that. Well, how much is a new car going to cost? And then they realize, you know, how much it is going to cost because of that inflation or because the availability yes. isn't there. And then they go, okay, let's fix it. Yeah, it's they a fix their scarcity own car. market or a scarce market at this point in time. And and so for everybody out there, as the demand goes up, the exposure to buy or end up with a vehicle that has more problems than the car that you had problems with and know the history of is very, very high right now. Yes. There's people putting things out on the lot or Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. I don't know if people put things on Craigslist anymore, but um, they're, they're putting items out there that normally a lot of times they would have sent to the salvage yard or, you know, decided, hey, we're parting it out and not fixing it, but they're band-aiding and bubble-gumming it together. So and, they have something to sell. Yeah, and it's just, it's really absurd. So the risk right now, out of all the 20 years I've been professionally doing this in the industry, 
is high or or worse at this point than any other time in the industry. So that's what you know, Sarah and I and today Amanda are trying to share with you guys when we come in and do the shows each week is so you all are informed. And this isn't just a automotive informed uh, point that we're trying to make. It's it's you know we have to be diligent in what it is we're doing. Otherwise, you're going to get taken advantage of. And that just devastates me. And I've seen it over the years. Um, you know, uh, flood cars right now are a big thing because of. Uh, are you? Is your dad seeing uh, any? Yeah, yeah um, I thought so. He purchased a long time ago. Actually, purchased a flood vehicle as a salvage yeah. and was going to plan to fix it up. And oh my gosh, those are electrical nightmares. Oh, they are. And they never stop. I mean, it's just that electrical gremlins that you fix one thing and you got. And then you go further down the wire and then there's another one. (laughs) It's just amazing. And I sure don't want to put anybody in. And we've condemned many flood vehicles that are on car lots, you know, around Springfield and Republic. And unfortunately, you know, you buy those problems. And God forbid, you know, not everything shows up on a Carfax. If it's an insurance item or a total, then it shows up on a Carfax. But if it's not had something to do with the insurance, a lot of times that information is not on there. Right. And we have a Copart, uh, which is an insurance salvage here in Springfield. They're they're shipping in a lot of flood vehicles and, and selling them out. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not beating up on Copart. Uh, but there's unscrupulous oh, folks that will buy those. So, the time flies. All right, Sarah Dustbreak and Amanda here in the studio today. We've got just a little bit of time left. And I wanted to devote a little time. One of my biggest goals, like personally, is to be a great conversationalist. That is something I work on. Sarah and I have had many shows on this. I think you are very, very well aware that that's one of my goals, and I try. And thankfully, I guess talking is part of our business at this point. <laughs> Uh, but I do a lot of study or self-education on, on communication and kind of the, the nuances behind it. We did a clinic last night. I we want did. your honest opinion of how that went, which was something I put on, I put together. And was it helpful, I guess, one? Did you see that I was a good teacher, being you are a professional teacher? Uh, Don't lie to him. Funny. I know. Just tell oh, me. Man. I want to know whether you see... My ability to communicate at a level that would be considered, and be honest, if I was bad, I'm okay with that. Oh, I can't wait to tell you. You were awful. No, I'm just kidding. Fair enough. <laughs> no, Lay it on me. I'm tell kidding. me what you thought about class. No, so um, so last night, like he said, was the clinic. Uh, it was a safety meeting as well for mm-hmm. us. So just so you do know, we do actually go over safety for our yep. technicians and our service advisors. So I was part of that. Um, so we did talk about that first, priority number one. Um, and then Dustin kind of took over and had his little session. And uh, <laughs> it was good. And I think part of a, a good communication um, set, a skill set, is being able to speak in a slow or at least understandable speed and sound confident and you're good at both of those okay so you you knew your information because you can tell when somebody is not 100 percent confident about what they're doing they kind of stutter um their voice might cause problems um in that and so he is very good about speaking very clearly directly and being confident about knowing what he's talking about um and he was basically telling us that you know we do need to work on our communication from service advisor to technician from technician to service advisor from service advisor to customer um, because all of that is crucial because one of those links um, if it gets messed up then the whole conversation can get messed up 
Well, and, and the outcome is subpar at that point. Exactly. Is, is my biggest thing. So as I look at, you know, when things don't go well, typically 95% of the time I can, I can kind of play back, if you will, or run back through the scenario and I can find out, okay, something broke down on communication here. So 95% of all the problems that I deal with, and, and I don't want to make it sound like it's just problems all day, <laughs> um, but we're in the problem business. So I could either embrace that or I can hide from that. Well, hiding from it's not going to help nobody. And so when I get off the rails and something happens, sometimes that 5% happens. Miss Sarah, when you left and your oxygen sensor was working fine when I had it, and then you drove a couple miles down the road and it crapped out on me, communication wouldn't have fixed that problem. It no. just happens. But you know what? It was really nice because I was able to go in there. Um, I took photos of my dash lights because I'm like, I don't know what these sure. are. That's <laughs> there awesome. Was, there was one of them that was like, uh, it kind of looked like that slippery when uh -huh. wet. Yep. Every and light on the dash is that, on. That, that is exactly <laughs> what was going on. I'm yeah. like, I've never seen this before. But it was really easy to be able to communicate that yes. way to you. Well, and the better job we do in on the front side of it, the quicker, easier, and less painful it is for everybody once we have a problem. We get it back in, figure out what's going on, get it solved, and then you can go on about your day. So that's like that 5%. There's no communication we could have done. It just happened. Things break. We're in the broken stuff business. But... The communication side of it, the other 95% uh, that we deal with is, okay, maybe we didn't quite get a good bead on what the customer's concern was. Maybe we didn't get quite good enough description to the technician. The technician didn't do a very good job, you know, getting that back. So the tools that we uh, invest in and utilize to streamline that process whether it's text messages and photos and videos from customers, uh, from the technician, same thing back to the advisor, all that, if we don't use it, A, it's worthless. <laughs> That's not going to work. And B, if we don't continue to hone those skills and make sure that, hey, when something doesn't go right, my biggest thing is that we never do that again. That's scorched earth in my opinion. <laughs> you cannot continue to do the same thing over and over again that doesn't work and expect a different outcome. Right. And so as we do these clinics or as I try and figure out how to get those thoughts out, I'm not teaching somebody else's material. Those are real world experiences that A, you know, we identified was a problem and B, we're trying to work through a better way to handle that stuff. And so it's very easy to get stuck in the minutia of, oh, this stinks and all oh, this is such a blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, that's true. But can we do something different about it was kind of the gist of what I was going over last night. Right. Well, and something also that you mentioned in that um, whole spiel was um, timing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I personally got to experience that with one of our technicians. Uh, genius guy. Absolutely love him. Um, and I needed something important from him. And mm -hmm. part of what you were saying was, you know, you need to pay attention to is this technician or, you know, service advisor. But in my case, at that point, a technician ready to hear what I'm going to ask of him. Um, and I didn't pay attention to that one day with this particular guy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I went up and I was just like, hey, I need this. And he was in the middle of discovering that this transmission that he had just installed had an issue and yeah. it was not an issue that he had created it was one that came uh as it, the remanufacturer yeah we issue. bought that problem basically. yeah literally yeah <laughs> yeah it was warranted as well but he was in the middle of figuring out that this you know 12 hour job didn't work yeah. basically and i didn't realize that that 
part partially that was because I didn't pay attention and and if I had and really you know paid attention to that point I would have communicated better with him I would have waited um, and waited till he was in a better spot and that whole day would have turned out differently for that one thing and the same with you know a customer if a customer's coming in and telling me you know I've I've got I've replaced every spark plug. I've replaced all of my coil packs. I've replaced all my wires. But um, he tells me maybe that he's done a compression test and I fail to communicate that to the technician. Well, my technician is going to waste his time doing that same compression test that has already been done and we already have results for. Um, So that one little itty bitty factor of timing um, or leaving out parts of your actual communication can really change an entire situation or day. <laughs> so it, it, that's a very powerful thing. And, and, and what kind of motivated that thought is that we all, and this is not automotive related. This is not service advisor related. Um, this is life lesson. This, related. Yeah, basically that's a great way to put it. Um, it. It's one of those things that as we communicate digitally more, yes, we lose that real in person. And that's, that's, I want to say just as important. I don't feel like either or replaces the other, but you cannot wane those skills or not utilize those skills. And then when things don't go well or they don't go your way or somebody won't accommodate to something you're asking, you just think, oh, well, they're a jerk. Right. You know, it, it, not you, did I play into that somehow? Yes. I'm glad that came through. Yes. I, you know, because as I form these ideas, getting these ideas out into, uh, you know, palatable um, thought processes during one of these clinics, I, I I continue to hone those skills and make that more powerful because if I'm not a good conversationalist, folks won't want to listen. Right. So you can communicate, but that doesn't mean the other person is listening or participating in the communication. You're talking at them instead of with them. Exactly. So if you're good or you pick your moments or you read your room and things start going your way, pay attention to what worked and intentionally build your skill set when you're interacting with somebody. So, for instance, if you're going into your boss's office or you're the boss at whatever facility or uh, you know environment that you're in and you need something from your peers or from your team, vice versa, you want to raise, whatever it is, whatever you're asking, the bigger the ask, the more important the timing is. I uh, noticed that. <laughs> yes. The the more important the timing is, you have to read your room, and sometimes you just have to walk away because that's not the time to talk to them. And if, they're, if you read it and they're in a very high-stress situation, sometimes you need to listen. And listening has been one of the biggest, uh, I guess, challenges or abilities for me to start being aware of and hone personally that sometimes I need to shut up <laughs> and I need to listen to what's going on. Um, I I don't remember where the quote was. It was a book I was going through recently. It's basically, I have never learned anything with my mouth open. And the <laughs> more I think about that and the more that settled in, I was like, that is gospel right there. That is the powerful truth. And the more I embrace that, sometimes the role is to be 
imparting that wisdom on others and that takes speech well so for my situation with this particular technician that i had made mad because the timing was wrong um had i just done the simple thing of asking is now a good time and then listening to yes it is or no it is absolutely not (laughs) and had i done that you know, it would have changed it and I would have gotten the no, it, it's not a good time. And I would have walked away <laughs> instead of causing a bigger problem. So, Miss Amanda, time flies when we're having fun. Thank Absolutely. you so much for being on the show. It's been Sarah, wonderful. Thank you. As always, thank you for having us. Thank you. I definitely appreciate you coming on. Yes, thank and you. It's I been think fun. Everybody is going to love your your segment. So awesome. whenever you come into the sunset location, make sure to say hello to yes. Amanda. Hello. Yep. I'll be the first one to greet you all cheerful. That's what I do. There you go. <laughs> and of course, if you guys have any questions, it doesn't matter how big or small, you can shoot them over to our text line 447-5743. And of course, you can also reach out to us on Facebook, 1041KSGF. Have a good weekend. Thank you too. Bye. Melakalikimaka is the thing to say On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day That's the island greeting that we